0: And I'm Jen, and welcome to the Better Late Than Novel podcast. On today's episode, we discuss the return of Joe Goldberg, Goodnight Moon in the COVID era, and then we travel to book worlds that we wish were real before finishing up with the books that we've been reading.
1: hi Jen hi Sam how are you on this August day enjoying the tail end of summer goes by too fast doesn't it
0: Um, (laughs) we're really there's lots going on in the world
1: which you can uh, tell Um, shall we talk book news we should there's (laughs) there's some stuff going on it's still pretty quiet but I know you'll, you'll be excited about this first piece of book news. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. So there's a third book coming in the U series. So Caroline Kepnes has announced the third book will be released um, soon. She didn't give an exact date at this point. Um, but essentially, she gave out some details of what it will be about. And Joe is on the move in this book. Uh, so he essentially is going to relocate to a small town this time around. Uh, for a fresh start, because we know that goes so well for him.
0: Yeah, he really needs... That's a really smart move for Joe to go to a small town where everybody knows everybody before he starts murdering people um, while he knocks somebody new. You know what? I think this is a really good call because, I mean, you know that I I like Joe Goldberg. We've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that you and Hidden Bodies, which was the second book um, in her series were really really well written and then her third book Providence was not as i guess well received. Okay. I personally liked it like I thought it was um but it was very very different. It was like kind of like supernatural vibes. Like it was just something completely different and I just okay. think that people were kind of like I guess disappointed because what they wanted was a third book in the trilogy, right? Like that's yeah. what they needed. So I think this yeah. one is going to be a good call. And I mean, Netflix already renewed you for a third season. So I'm wondering whether or not they're going to wait for the book
1: or like,
0: what's well, the but deal? they'll just go off
1: on their own. Yeah, or
0: they'll kind of go off on their own. So the, either way, I think that'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm behind on the show. I watched season one. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Season two is so much better. Was season two though, Hidden Bodies, did they use the book or did they go off on their own? Um they went off
0: on their own a little bit but they still used they still used like the general like a skeleton of hidden bodies but they definitely kind of went off on their own and I personally I liked it I thought they did a really good job
1: so definitely investigate I will watch it maybe (laughs) um all right uh the other thing that I have been reading about a uh, beloved children's book. I think everyone has read good night moon, um, at some point in their life, um, by Margaret wise Brown. Well, it's been updated for our current sort of COVID lifestyle and it's called good morning zoom by Lindsay Reichler, Um, and it's going to be released in October and essentially she wrote it to try to explain to kids of this current generation what's going on in the world. Right. Um, so its opening line is, in your own living room, there was a computer and news that was gloom. Oh my um, gosh. I know. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> that, that is true, but the wow. take on the story. Um, but I will definitely check it out, read it to my children.
0: Yeah, that's actually kind of interesting, because I feel like that would be really difficult. Like, I don't have any kids, but I think hearing... I mean, hearing, like, from my friends that have kids and, like, this must be difficult to try to explain, I guess, like, what's going on, right? Because yeah. you kind of only say, like, well, people are sick, but it's kind of hard to, like, how do you, I guess, rationalize what's going on, right? Like, it must be well, tricky. Yeah,
1: and, like, the lack of routine, right? They were, if they were in daycare or school and suddenly there's nothing and they're just home every day, all day, yeah. over yeah it's it's hard for sure. So I think this is a great tool for kids and and it sounds really cute. Yeah, that does sound cute. Um, and then our last piece of book news, so I read Homegoing um by YaGyasi a few years ago now, but it um, is incredible. So it was a story of this sort of family's journey through slavery, and each chapter relates to the ne- the previous chapter. And emancipation and then their life beyond and sort of into the modern world and it was just incredible and really well written. Um, so her new book is coming out in September, um, Transcendent Kingdom is its name and so she's actually launching a virtual book tour which is pretty exciting um, but she's teaming up with some really other um, prominent writers including Britt Bennett who wrote uh, Vanishing Half we've talked about a couple times, awesome. on here, uh, Kylie Reid who wrote Such a Fun Age, uh, Tiare Jones wrote American Marriage, and then Ann Patchett, who's written several um, books as well. And so she's going to be having these sort of virtual online conversations um, in or in conjunction with bookstores around the U.S. Um, and you can actually go online, sign up um, to attend, and they, I believe, will mail you the copy of the book, like, once it's released, and she'll oh, sign up, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. and excited. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. So this week, uh, we wanted to do something a bit more, you know, lighthearted, kind of a fun topic. And we got talking about, you know, what that might look like. And we talked a little bit about um, book worlds, right? And when we read a book, what world do we like to get lost in? Do we wish we could go and visit, that we wish we could be a part of? And maybe some book worlds that we want to steer clear of and don't ever want to actually go into um, for fear of our lives. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think the interesting
0: thing about book worlds that, I mean, I find most interesting when I'm reading is I think, obviously there's some books where you – have, you know, you get lost with the character stories and you become invested in the characters, but then there's other novels where almost like the setting sort of becomes another character. And those are the books that I think I find the most interesting where you almost find yourself. I mean, I know I when sometimes when I'm reading books, I almost find myself like pausing, wanting to, google things like almost like when i'm watching a movie or a documentary where you kind of want to like pause it and be like okay i want to look up like what's going on in this section when i'm reading a book and i find myself wanting to do to do that where it either feels so real or i'm so interested that i want to know more about like this element of this world and then it's stupid because obviously you can't because it's not real (laughs) so unless people are writing fan fiction or something like and it's i also think it's interesting because some of these book worlds Um, which we'll obviously talk about but the authors they kind of give uh, or they I guess pick up on how much people want more information and then they sort of give you know as much as they can to the book world so then you can kind of start piecing those things together so I think it's really interesting
1: definitely so we I think we both agreed with the first one here um, for sure Uh, Wizarding World from Harry Potter without a doubt and this one I think is a little bit different because technically you can kind of go there right with Universal Studios and what they've created and done um at their theme parks um but I would sign up to go here in a second honestly I I still
0: sort of feel like you know there's a chance like we don't know like you know like where's my letter exactly where's my letter hand it on over um I think that this one's interesting because obviously, um, which, you know, the author problematic as she has become, um, in the past, uh, you know, released a lot of, I guess, companion articles and companion, you know, tweets and whatever, like sort of adding on to the world, which I think is sort of an interesting way to continue it and to kind of keep it alive is kind of by adding those things. But really it is one of those books that as you're reading it, it really does, like you are transported to another world. Like it does do a really good job at sort of kind of, I guess, crossing the line. And the fact that it's in our world still I think is what makes it most effective is because you really do when you're reading it kind of have that like well maybe I don't know like which I think is really fun when you're reading a book when it sort of transcends even what you know about reality where you know you're kind of like maybe <laughs> like yeah. maybe if I tap this wall I think exactly. my- <laughs> just a couple times or I turn <laughs> this knob or whatever it is so I mean obviously you have Multiple places that would be ideal. Where do you think would be like your optimal? Like, if you could choose one place in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, where would you go?
1: Diagon Alley, like I said mm-hmm. earlier. Do some serious shopping. You want to purchase some Wizarding? Yeah. Treats. Go to Fred and George's joke shop. Yep. vanders Yeah, all of them.
0: I'm. I feel personally like I would like to go to Hogwarts. Um, it, I feel like it, it would be a very nice Christmas location. True. You know, Christmas True. at Hogwarts, uh, nice and cozy, sit by the fireplace, you know, all about it. Love that life.
1: Have some butterbeer. Perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get your butterbeer and cuddle on in. <laughs> oh,
1: um, is kind of similar, I guess, maybe a little bit, Wizarding World- um connection to our world we talked about Narnia um again hidden door gets you to where you need to be I said it's kind of like going a little bit like to Westeros from Game of Thrones uh without the threat of constant death or decapitation
0: <laughs> exactly sort of a sim- similar vibe without without the doom and gloom true very child true. friendly child friendly Westeros <laughs> yes child friendly
1: um, pg version
0: I think Narnia 2 is one of the, because it's like, it's old now, Narnia. Like, it's not a new, you know, a new series, obviously. But I think C.S. Lewis was kind of like the first one to really create, like, sort of that mystical, like, world for for children, essentially, right? Like, I mean, it was a, a little bit of, like, some fantasy novels, obviously, before, but I don't think that they were as, I guess, not even as developed, but as, I guess, directed as Narnia was to a certain age group, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, 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 definitely, and I think, I mean, aside from sort of the more, the, like, religious undertones of what he was doing, um, he just created, like, some really magical, again, creatures, and they stuck with you, like, Aslan and trying to remember what the half goat man's name was I forget oh Mr. Tumnitz there we go oh yeah yeah yeah. um and they just stick with you right and it's this sort of like welcoming and warm feeling when you read those novels um and he I do agree I think he was sort of the first one to sort of do create that feeling for kids right Mm -hmm. that sort of lasting and it stayed with you even growing up like I still reread them Mm-hmm. as an adult, right? So it is, it's just this sort of magical world that he, you know, sort of started that path. And again, sort of that
0: idea that it's, it bends that reality where you almost think like, hmm, if I did move this wardrobe, potentially, <laughs> you know, which is, I mean, that's fun. Yeah.
1: Oh, for sure. I remember this one. Um, so this is another sort of beloved, classic for kids um i read several times obviously the movie is well known but oz again lots of pretty positive spaces but some creepy dark scary ones too um yeah
0: i feel like oz is sort of like the class i remember as a kid i always wanted to go to um my favorite scene in the movie especially was when she goes to emerald city before she gets like the makeover and everybody's in like the different colored pods and i just remember being like oh my gosh this is the life for me like that is <laughs> me. this is what i desire and i think i mean obviously the movie is sort of what made the i guess fame of it but oz is also one of those places that i feel like they did it justice on screen. Oh, yeah. Because I don't necessarily think that they have in the film versions of Narnia or even of Harry Potter. Like, I don't necessarily feel like it's the same type of magic. But I do think, and, you know, give it maybe the time period or whatever, but, or maybe the fact that it's a beloved film as well. But I really do think that they made Oz come
1: alive. And I think it's that like stark transition right between like when she's in Kansas and then suddenly she's in this like wor- incredible world of color and magic. It, it is, it stands alone on it, on itself for sure.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: Okay. So the, the next couple that we're going to talk about are those ones that are maybe a little bit darker. Maybe we don't really want to go there, but sort of be, they become a character onto themselves. Right. Um, we don't so want to we- go there, but we want more information. Yeah, we want to learn more about it. So the first one we had talked about was Panem. And so from the Hunger Games trilogy and then uh, Suzanne Collins' new prequel. And I think that's what I wanted from the prequel more um, was more of that like history and more of that detail. And it just wasn't there enough for me, I guess. Um, I know the focus was supposed to be snow and that's really what it was about in his life. But I wished for more history of panem itself because it is such an interesting place and how did it get there
0: well i think that's the thing right when we're looking at like those post-apocalyptic worlds they acknowledge the way that the world was before and they acknowledge like obviously like the world that we know now but then there's not really a development of how they got to where they got to and i think that that's like that morbid sense of curiosity, that's where that kind of peeks in where it's like, okay, well, how did you get there though? Like I want information of like how you got from A to D, right? Like what happened in the middle? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that that's kind of what Pan Am is missing. Now, Pan Am is tricky because you obviously are going to be in big trouble unless you're in district one or district two. But I also think that that's something maybe that I would like. To you know, see developed, or I would have liked more information in a book world is like even a book with like a character featuring like from each district. Yeah, kind of see like the different because obviously you get a little bit of a perspective like when Katniss is touring the districts. I think in that's is that Catching Fire or I think in Catching Fire. Yeah, I think it's Catching Fire when she's going from district to district and you're getting like little bits and pieces, but like, I really think that that's kind of a missed opportunity mm-hmm. um, that could have been developed a little bit more. I know I would have liked that.
1: Yeah. And maybe we'll get lucky and maybe she'll write another book or history of Pan Am. Maybe that would actually be, that's, what, would, I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm waiting for. History of Pan Am. I would too. Because, again, how do you go from being the United States to Pan Am?
0: Well, you would have to figure that Pan Am, I feel like, because they're kind of like jerks, the leaders of Pan Am, yeah, you would think them. that they would probably keep some sort of, like, weirdo, like, government document that, like, tracks each Hunger Games and would talk about each one. Like, you almost think that they would... I, I want Archive. Think- yeah, they yeah, probably have an archive. Are, like an oral history, but like obviously a written down history is not an oral history, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> yes, like, I got it. Passed down, right? Like, yeah. you know, I'm just saying, I, that's what I think would happen. Suzanne we'll we'll investigate. We'll put, a formal request. Hope you're listening. Um, another world that again might be too dark but is so well developed it's kind of hard not to mention is Westeros now Westeros is sort of like the opposite of Pan Am where in a Game of Thrones book you're almost kind of saying like
1: okay we understand we get it because Um, they're approximately 4,000 pages long is that because
0: they're 4,000 pages long and everything is super well developed but That's sort of like the, I guess, like the mastery of his storytelling is the fact Mm -hmm. that every single detail is thought of. And he knows what every single person in every single geographical location would be doing and thinking and saying at all times, even down to like languages, which I think that's super interesting. And it makes it feel real, even when you know it's not.
1: Yeah. And I do think that's probably why it takes him 12 years to write one book. But when they are done, they are, they're incredible. And the amount of detail that he puts into them is like unmatched, I would say. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it would be fascinating to go and see, but again, threat of decapitation. (laughs) Yes.
0: I don't actually want to go there because I clearly, I would not last very long, but it's very similar to like the Lord of the Rings sort of vibes where it's like, you have, you know, all these different languages that are being spoken and like, you have, like, you, he could probably develop just material based on, like, dialects and regions and what, and, like, you, people would continue to ingest it because it's just so, there's just so many elements to it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, And lastly, this, this last one, honestly, and we've talked about this before, parallels a little bit too close to home currently. Yeah. This one's getting a little sp- a little spooky. Um currently,
0: however, I just did my I think maybe third rewatch um, of the TV show. I've read the both the original novel and the prequel, um the Testaments. Obviously, we're talking about Gilead, the world that is created in The Handmaid's Tale. Yep. Um and I still this is one of those shows that I'm like, you are such a dummy. Because as I'm watching, I'm Googling things like, but how did Gilead, like, how did they overthrow the government? What happened? Like, there's so much to this world that I want to know. And the way that the story is rolled out in The Handmaid's Tale and then again in The Testaments, but I would say even more so on the t- in the TV show. Like, I think the TV show is one of the rare cases that I like the... TV show just as much, if not more so than the novel. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to like book to movie trust issues, like very hardcore. Mm -hmm. Um, but I find like the Hand Tale is just so well done and it does feel when you're watching it, it feels real.
1: I know. Well, I'm sorry. Living through the last few years, seeing what's happening in North America, it is entirely possible that that could eventually happen one day which is terrifying but be on your toes people (laughs) be on your toes what we need is a
0: defend yourselves of gilead so we can try to avoid exactly what's happening send help sos
1: So Sam, what have you been reading?
0: So I have been reading a few different things um, over the last week or so. So one of the things, I've been reading two very different types of things, both which are very different um, for me as a human. Um, So the first thing I've been reading, which is no surprise to you or to anyone, is Finding Freedom, the- um, Yay! (laughs)
1: Um.
0: not memoir, um, biography, whatever. So I've been reading that. I've been kind of reading it um, slowly because there was so much media coverage, like so much when it first came out that I kept getting like spoilers of it. So yeah. I wanted to wait for things to, I guess, kind of calm down. So I finally got my copy, it came in the mail. So I'm, I've am i been reading it um, just kind of like a little bit. So I'm kind of gonna kind of sit down and like really dive in because things seem to have quieted down a little bit. Um, but now I feel like I have to read a little bit fast because I guess the palace has started to like refute some of the content. What? <laughs> Drama, because- I they- have not seen that, oh my goodness. <laughs> ever respond to anything. So I guess um, Buckingham Palace specifically has reached out to refute a few different moments in the book. Um, So yeah, so I'm really excited because a lot of the podcasts I listen to, like I listen to the Royally Obsessed podcast and I listen to the Air podcast and I listen to uh, Pod Save the Queen and most of those podcasts are kind of going into like a finding freedom, I guess, breakdown. So I've been waiting... So I can finish the book to catch up on those. So that's one of the things I've been reading. Um, and the other thing I've been reading is a, um, like a corny romance novel, um, based on the show from Netflix, The Sweet Magnolias TV okay. show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, I read the first one. Uh, which is called Stealing Home and it's by the author's name is Cheryl Woods and essentially I guess season one of the tv show is like book one two and three of this series combined so I've been reading book one and I mean the series is like almost cringeworthy like it's it's super corny and it's really it's it's bad but i love it like i just you know it's like a Hallmark movie yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. you need those you need those sometimes it's nice it's comforting and i had been reading a lot of uh, doom and gloom prior to this so it's kind of nice to have a little
1: bit of a break either way so i've been reading that one what about you what have you been reading Jen? so i finished um an arc uh that I talked about when we talked about August releases because I just started it at that point called Songs for the End of the World um, by Salima Nawaz so she's Canadian this is her second novel I believe um but Yuri AF let me just tell you so there's like a forward at the beginning of the book that says this book was written between 2013 and 2019 because when you start reading It takes place in 2020, the height of a global pandemic. Perfect. With a respiratory illness very, very similar to what we are seeing currently right now. Like, the reality of what we're in versus what's happening in this novel was way too creepy. Like, masks, social distancing, people getting angry and coughing on other people, threatening to get them sick. Like... All of it was like a deja vu moment as I read the novel. I'm not going to lie. What you're saying is this author is a psychic. Honestly, is she Nostradamus? Is she a psychic? (laughs) Um, What is she? I don't know. But it was incredibly well written. I loved it. And it was very similar to the, in the situation that all of the chapters and like I've mentioned with Homegoing, like each chapter related to the previous one. So she intertwined all these characters and all these people um, really, really well. But it was just creepy how like accurate it was. And then at the end of the book is an interview with her that they did in March. Um, because this had all started, right? So kind of talking to her about what did you do essentially? <laughs> how, did you know? <laughs> how did you know? this is <laughs> happening? Uh, so it was really interesting. I really liked it a lot. Um and it's out or no, it comes out on the 25th. So it comes out next week. Awesome. Um and then I just started Home Before Dark. Riley Sager is like one of my favorite authors. So I'm pretty excited. It's a ghost story. Maybe I won't sleep anymore. We'll see. (laughs) Whatever. You know what? There's enough horror going on in the world that I feel like you can handle anything, Jen. I'll just risk it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: That wraps up this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Until next week, pick up a book off your shelf and get reading. After all, it's better late than novel.